Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 67th episode of the Meatball Dungeon podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is brought to you by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can find them in store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Yeah, so we're back. It's been a little while since we've recorded, a couple weeks now. Yes. Um, and we've just had a revolving door of um, guests. guests over the last and few company, weeks. company, which has been great. It's been awesome, yeah, but uh, it's, it's left us not a lot of time to play games and or uh, record, So, right. uh, but we don't have anything really scheduled now for the next little while, um, mm. except for I'm going to Metal Fest, I guess, this coming weekend. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't, yeah, but either way, um, we have got to play a bunch of things in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. uh, which is great, and we're going to do a review at the end of this episode, but uh, I think we're going to kick off the... Beginning of this episode with our new to the collection segment, because we do have quite a few games we've been uh, yeah. uh, getting over the last month or so. So, and that one beside you, that just showed up. It um, did. That's a Kickstarter. Well, which yeah. one is that? That is Dawn of Ulos, and that is designed by Jason Lentz, art by Diego Sa, and published by Thunderworks Games. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, they're the ones that do the cartographers and role player and yep. this is and in all that that, universe, that role yeah right a role player universe the universe yeah yeah awesome well, they're all but yeah this game is uh, it looks fun it's a uh, it reminds me of um, what's that one that you play with you play with like Tyler and all of them oh yeah Heroescape talking about it looks like Heroescape Heroescape yeah, yeah. Right. it kind of it's not on the same scale obviously no. but it's the t- the, the tiles map. look similar the map yeah, yeah the map definitely looks very Heroescapey and uh, yeah so Dawn of Ulos for untold eons the mortal races lived in separate worlds but now the dragon god Azima forges a new world by opening rifts to other planes um, and what you're trying to do is just basically uh, you're, you're trying to help make the best world and earn the most favor with the world creator so um you're trying to gain i think azima's favor and he's that dragon god and so it's kind of neat because it's just saying frontal eons yeah that all the mortals lived in different worlds they were in separate planes so they can uh you know they can they've never met each other kind of thing right so right. this like opens it up and then creating like it looks what sounds like a big world and then you're helping to shape what that world looks like very cool so, yeah yeah i, I remember it backing cool. it i just didn't yeah. remember exactly what was going on but. and it's one to five players 60 to 90 minutes ish mm-hmm. so they're saying 14 plus that could be content i'm not sure but yeah. it'll be interesting but yeah that one came in i was super excited i love cartographers yeah me too so much role players a lot of fun so cartographers yeah. is one of the top two best um rolling rights rolling rights or yeah. rolling whatever you want to call it flipping yeah. rights or whatever out there in my opinion so this one should be uh this one should be really good yeah so it's pretty cool so i'm excited so it's dawn of ulos cool yeah um and that one came pretty quick i think we backed that one only like yeah I think it was like six months ago or something. So that, I like that when, came pretty quick. I like when games do that. <laughs> yeah, and I have one here new to the collection. So I got a few games the other day uh, buying them off a buddy of ours. And this one um, is actually a solo game. Um, but we'll just play it together. Yeah. Because um, I've just heard so many good things about it. Um, and this one is Hoplomachus Victorum. Uh, this one comes from Chip Theory Games. 
designed by Josh J. Carlson, Adam Carlson, and Logan Giannini. And yeah, a bunch of artists there. Um, so this one, yeah, this one's a solo game. Um, but let me read a little bit about it here. It says the year is uh, AD 79. Seers have learned of the imminent eruption of Mount Vesuvius and those versed in the mystic arts have made invocations to stop the calamity from claiming thousands of lives. However, these actions have angered Pluto, god of the underworld, who vows to usher in an even greater destruction unless the Earth's strongest champions accomplish a series of tasks in a realm of grueling combat. Hoplomachus Victorum is a standalone title from Chip Theory Games. It uses uh, Chip Theory Games' acclaimed combat system from the Hoplomachus Games, adding new twists with a focus on heroes and campaign play. Victorum is a solo-only experience, offering an in-depth, rewarding adventure with deep strategic decisions and exciting combat. Set in the more epic and mythical world of Hoplomachus Victorum, this edition will pair the combat mechanisms fans know and love with beautiful updated lore, art, and design. So, I wonder, that's such an odd word to say. I wonder if it's Hoplomachus or Hoplomachus. I don't know. Hoplomachus? Hoplomachus? I don't know. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so I didn't play the original one. No. Um, I, it... I remember seeing the art for this one and being, like, really intrigued. Um, Was the original one just Hopomachus? Yes. And then this is the Victorum is the second. Yes. Um, and yeah, so this one is, yeah, is a solo design, but we'll be able to play this one together. Yeah. Looks really fun. So this is, um, Chip it's Theory a- Games also did another game we have up on the shelf here that I really want to play, which is Too Many Bones. Yeah. Um, really, really want to play that. And one that I've been trying to get my hands on for a few years now, which is, uh, what's it called? Cloudspire. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh. Very interested in this one. It's a big box, a big heavy box. Um, and I'm not sure when we're going to get to this. We did set up um, another table where we're going to be doing um, kind of bigger, uh, longer games. So we're going to have one game set up there for a little while yet, but this one will get in line over there, I think, and uh, end up being played at some point or another. Because we, I would like to review this one. I've heard really good things about it. That one's interesting. Um I like I haven't played many solo games. I I don't Nor know if I, I I don't no. know if I have um any. I've only played a couple. I can't think of them off the top of my head if I have, but um that's a gigantic box. It's huge. For a solo <laughs> yeah, game it's like it's heavy too. That looks like a campaign game. It yeah. it's he, it's so big. Yeah, it says um yeah, one player 14 and up. That's probably just purely by theme, I imagine. Yeah. Um and 90 minutes per <laughs> also like how many 13 12 eight year olds are gonna sit there and play a solo game (laughs) and understand it right having to read all those rules no you're right it's got an 8.7 on bgg wow yeah right it's huge yeah so i really really want to play this maybe we'll get that one there sooner rather than later yeah i'm looking forward to this one um so yeah i think we will end that segment there um as we have a few games we want to talk about in our next segment So we're going to head on over to our pre-order segment right now. Alrighty then, here we are at our pre-order segment of the episode where we have three games we want to talk about. These three games are all on pre-order, uh, relatively recently uploaded at meeples.ca. 
Um, so you can find all three of these still with copies available. Ooh, this one only has one left. So <laughs> you might want to take a look at that. Because what game am I going to talk about first? This one is the new Descent. Yeah. Descent, Legends of the Dark, The Betrayer's War, pre-order, available at Meeple's. But only one of them is left. We have one pre-ordered, so <laughs> we're safe. But uh, yeah, so, you know, the the latest Descent, Legends of the Dark, we have, and we played through quite a chunk of it. Yeah. But we didn't get to finish it, um, which we want to do um, soon. Hopefully by the end of this year, I would like to do that. Yeah. Definitely want to finish it before this one arrives. For and, sure. And play this one. But yeah, if this one's any... As any as good as the 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 first Legends yeah. of the Dark, this is going to be awesome because that one's a lot of fun with the craziest um, props. Yeah, like yeah, terrain, props, cardboard, yeah. everything is just built up. Steps, stairs, dragons, yeah. and trees. It's fun and, to play. Oh, it's super cool. Yeah. It's app driven. Yeah, and the app is really well done. Um, yeah, it looks really good. So if everyone, no one, uh, I'm sure most of you know who I'm talking about here, but this one is designed by Fantasy Flight. This one goes one to four players. We were playing it with two and were we playing two characters no, each? Just I one. think we were just, just playing one. Character each. Yeah, that's right. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, I don't remember when, but um, yeah, this one looks really good. It's on there for $192 Canadian, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty much bang on uh, what this game goes for. Maybe even a little cheaper, honestly. Um, and yeah, it's available for pre-order over there at uh, meeples.ca. And just wanted to mention that because, yeah, there is only one left on there. Yeah. And I don't know how many more they might be able to get. But uh, yeah, this one looks cool. I, I'm excited to get it, but I'm also really excited to try to finish finish yeah. that first one off before this one arrives. But um, yeah, I guess this one just kind of uh, continues on from the first one this is i think it's literally called act two if i'm correct maybe i don't know i thought it had (laughs) maybe not that's okay either way yeah legends of uh the dark descent the betrayer's war yeah it's the expansion yeah yeah so this is this expands on the first one yeah so yeah uh go check that out if you want one there's one left all right okay so i i'm going to talk about the next one it's also pre-order uh maples.ca and there are two copies left. And this one is called Waterfall Park. And so this one got a really lovely cover. I know. It looks great. <laughs> this one here, um, it's about age 10 plus. It's from Repos Production. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the point of this game is to trade and exchange attractions to build the biggest amusement park in the world. And the particularity of this park is that it is built vertically on huge towers in the middle of the ocean. Right. And so... Um, this was is a reiteration. I believe the original game was called Chinatown, and then this one mm. was kind of built off of that. Right. And the new this version is shorter and more family friendly. I have okay. never played Chinatown. Um, I think you have. I believe I have. Yes. I think you really it's been a while. I think you enjoyed it. But this one here, it looks fun. You're out. It, you're in the middle of the ocean, and it's like you're building this thing on stilts. Mm-hmm. And it and it it looks. Like an yeah, an amusement an amusement park. Like it just looks fun. It does. It look looks cool. like people parachute into it, and like, so I it I don't know. I think it looks cute. Um, I, yeah, I, I remember playing Chinatown, but I don't remember how it went. But um, 
I know that's a, it's a popular game in Chinatown, so a lot of people are going to like that. Well, and this one too is like you have to trade and exchange attractions. I always find that kind of thing really difficult. Yeah. So, but in this type of a game where it's that's the point, it's necessary. It'll be interesting to see because I, I always feel when I, um, I want to be a fair person <laughs> when I yeah, trade, I know, right? and I want to make fair trades. Where I want to like demolish me, sewer the other yeah. person, and, but. Yeah. But then I, but then I never make trades because I'm like, no, that's only good for you. And so, and if I try to make an even trade, other people are like, no, that doesn't, you know? So anyways, so those games are kind of not usually high on my list, Mm -hmm. but this one, when that's actually what the point of the game is, it's not just, it doesn't seem like it's just one mechanic. It's like, you have to trade and you have to exchange in order to build these up. I think it sounds kind of neat. It does sound good. Yeah. I agree. And the cover actually looks real pretty. It does. That's what first drew me as (laughs) soon as I saw that cover. I was like, oh, I got to look further into this. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's two. So this is the third one that's up for pre-order at meeples.ca. And this one, um, I I looked at a few times, but didn't really, um, I thought it looked cool. But then it was once I read into it that I was like, oh, okay, hold on. Mm -hmm. So this one's called God's Forge. Uh, the second edition. This one comes from Atlas Games, designed by Brendan Stern, plays two to four players. So this one, yeah, I did a little reading and it really interested me. So this is what it says. Uh, Once Ethereum was plentiful and the land was peaceful. Now its presence in the world has dwindled and elite spellcasters battle to control the last place this primal resource can be harnessed, the God's Forge. God's Forge features simultaneous play with each player attacking the player to their left while defending against the player to their right. On a turn, everyone simultaneously rolls four dice. Then each player lays out or lays one of their four cards face down in front of them. In any order you want, players reveal those cards, paying the cost of them via specific numbers on rolled dice, the sum of rolled dice, vile stones, or a combination of the above. On the dice, ones can be any number you wish, while an unused six can be spent to acquire a vile stone. Spells provide one-shot effects while creations go into play in front of you, with some of them providing one-shot interplay abilities in addition to possible attacks and defense values and sacrifice abilities. Once all cards have been resolved, players assess damage comparing their attack value against their target's defense. Then... Discard any cards you don't want and refill your hand. So, yeah, it sounds really cool. It says, once a player is eliminated, everyone still in the game starts taking damage from them each round in order to hasten the end game. So once you get eliminated, you're still involved, like, damaging the other people. Yeah, which is nice because it's never fun when you get eliminated and then no. just sit around and wait for the game to finish. Yeah, it just it's, speeds up the end, right? So yeah. I just love the idea of having to attack the person on your left while having to defend against the person on your right. So this one does play two to four. So I guess yeah. you can play... That's a, that's a strange one. I'm not sure how it works with two players. It feels like you need three, you know? You'd be, like, defending and attacking the same, the person. same person. Yeah. I'm not sure how this works, but just I love the idea of that. I love the idea with three or four people, and this is the idea of... Uh, only attacking one direction and yeah. defending another direction and then having to allocate your cards and stuff in different ways. Like maybe you have to take away from your attack over there to do help, yeah. to help defend your own keep or whatever, right? So yeah, it sounded really cool to me. Um, this one is only 40 bucks. There's only two of them left. We haven't, uh, I haven't added any of these. Um, 
Uh, or I haven't added a copy of this yet to our pre-order, but I think I might for sure. Did um, this one have a lot of expansions on it? I don't know. I'll have to take so. a look because that one I feel like um, I feel like I was looking at it a whole bunch, but I could be wrong. But anywho. I don't know. That one I don't know. But yeah, there's a couple of copies left. I think one of them is going to be ours here <laughs> shortly. And yeah, that's three interesting games that we thought you might want to hear about uh, that are currently up for pre-order at uh, meeples.ca. And um, yeah, we have a review to do. So we're going to head on over to our final segment to do that review right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode where we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon review. And what Nailed we... it that time. <laughs> yeah, actually we screwed that up the last couple times, I think. When I did it, yeah, I, yeah. I was not on point. <laughs> Not what are point. we reviewing today, Anna-Marie? <laughs> today we are reviewing Vagrant Song, designed by Matt Carter, Justin Gibbs, Kyle, and Kyle Rowan, art by Nguyen Mai Diem, and published by Weird Miniatures. Yep. So Vagrant Song, this one, if you'd heard our last episode, was very high on our list of games we wanted yes. to get played this summer. And this was, I think, the only game on both our lists. Yeah, this was the only crossover we had. Yeah, so we're like, well, what? What better game to play than Vagrant Song? Yeah. Um, so it was just sitting there and we're like, let's get this played. And I had tried to get Vagrant Song throughout all of 2022. Yeah. I've been searching far and wide for this game. Couldn't find it Trying anywhere. to get it ordered. It just wasn't available anywhere. And we, I finally ended up getting it as a Christmas yes, gift. Yes, you did. At of 2022 yes so we did not have time to get this game played we literally had like five days left in the year (laughs) um and you know at christmas that's you know whatever it didn't happen so we are going to go ahead and we're going to qualify this game as far as our lists go as a 2023 game so that being said yeah we are going to review vagrant song we've played through uh, a handful of scenarios so this is a scenario based game yes it's like a it's a campaign yeah i think it's like 20 scenarios whatever it is we played through uh a bunch of them and but we haven't we haven't finished it but we played enough of it to uh to understand what's going on here yeah so let's uh let's give them a little taste of what the uh theme is here all right you train hop aboard the silver ferryman chasing a dream or running from the past what you find is a welcome in hand white glove stretched skin and a fiddle player in the distance Playing a tune that's awfully inviting makes you never want to leave. In Vagrant Song, a cooperative and story-driven boss battler, you will take on the role of a, of a vagrant trapped on a supernatural ghost train. 
Face off against ghosts lingering on the train. These ghosts are called haints. Adjust your play style with skills and junk acquired along the way. And uncover the secrets of the silver ferryman in this spooky and challenging adventure. <laughs> yeah, that is the, uh, that's the theme. We're aboard a ghost train and we're not sure how we got there or why we got there and what we're doing on there and we're trying to survive uh, well, this, we we got there because we were either running from the past or right, looking for yeah. future. It's but different for every vagrant every, that jumps on. Yeah, they have so their own backstory. A, right. Each one has its own backstory as to who's there and why they're there. Yeah. Um, and you don't quite, you know, trust what's going on at any point. As soon as game. you get on the train. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the theme. Um, yeah. So let's talk about how this game plays. Um, there is a main board for this game which is a long, skinny, uh, rectangular, rectangular board, board, which yeah. is about th- uh, three foot by one foot-ish. Uh, and it represents three train cars. And you're going to use these train cars over and over and over again. It kind of, And you're working your way through the train, basically from the back of the train to the front is kind of what we're gathering. Um, and you, yeah, each scenario you're going to do is going to take place, generally speaking, in three train cars yeah. but they're not the same as the last scenario you've kind of moved forward into the next three into the next three yeah into the next three um so yeah you're gonna have your main board and on that board there's going to be the humanity track which is um a track of numbers at the top of the board which is going to represent basically the health of um ish it's sort of the yeah the points these these points that you have to uh reach before reach yeah because in order to because generally speaking mm-hmm. uh most of the characters you're up against you're trying to you're trying Give to them help their them humanity regain back. their humanity because they're yeah. these walking around kind of ghostly creatures and you're trying to help them regain their humanity and kind of move on from yes. this ghost train right into the next beyond or whatever um, and that track uh, helps uh, you keep track of that. And to do that, you have to break them a certain number of times. Mm-hmm. And by and a break means you um, basically have to reach their humanity level yeah. a certain number of times. And so um, that's all given to you at the beginning of the scenario. Yeah. Like and there's what, a, a yeah. break track um, on the on the right hand side telling you how many times you need to basically break this uh, this character in order to uh, beat him. There's a cycle track, which is kind of an interesting thing about uh, these. There's this sort of a bag builder in a way uh, where you're pulling items from a bag. It's not a bag builder, but it's a bag puller uh, yeah. game. So you're going to be pulling items out of this bag and those items are going to end up being placed onto the cycle track on the board. I'll talk about later. And then um, there's a couple spot for these rituals because every, um, every scenario has three rituals and they're kind of just... Um, goals you they can give do you little for bonuses. that current scenario yeah that you may or may not be able to finish some um scenarios require you to finish all three some requires you to not finish any if you don't want to yeah and so forth um and then you have your main characters so at the beginning of the game you're going to select a vagrant and there's uh, six i believe six of them yep. yeah and we've played through uh, with the same two vagrants the whole way you've played with the songsmith yes and i've played songsmith, with the empress the hopeful yeah, and they all have... Um, and what's yours? Empress? The Driven. The driven. Um, <laughs> and they each come with three kind of coins that you use, because those are going to be used to signify what actions you're How many you're actions taking. you can take, yeah. And then each uh, player card also has uh, spots for their humanity. So you start human, right? So <laughs> and as you get beat up in this train, you're going to get less and less human to the point where you might become a ghost haint 
um, as well potentially. And so that as that goes down, that's uh, that's bad. You also have spots for skills, and there are these little skill cards. Each character has two starting skills that they have, and it's just kind of special abilities that can be used for your character only. And then as you go through the campaign, you're going to gain more skills and trade them in and out and, right. and so forth. And there's another spot called junk, which is basically like an item that you can have. That which will... makes sense. You're on a ghost train and so yeah. there's going to be some junk laying around. <laughs> yeah. And the junk will be thing that you can also use. It gives you some sort of an ability. And that's kind of how you start the game. And then you're going to select a scenario, generally the first scenario. And yeah. then um, the, the there's two books. There's a rule book and there's a scenario book. And the rule book just gives you the kind of the general idea of what's going on. But then the scenario book tells you exactly what you need to do to set up for that current scenario. It's going to tell you how to set up the board. There might be some um, terrain that terrain goes in things there. Like crates and coffins and holes in the floor and things that you have to lay out. And then there's also going to be um, some numbered tokens, which are events. Yes. Um, that happens. So you could put like the number eight over there and the number six over there and blah, blah, blah. Those could also be end up in your bindle, the little yeah. bag that you pull from. Yeah. And these, these, these numbered tokens are basically if you uh, step on them and interact with them in the game, you're going to do, uh, read from the book some yeah. sort of event and you might have to do something like roll some dice or whatever. Well, and it's nice. It's nice. It's neat because some of them are forced. Yep. So like some of them you'll place on the train, but some of them you have to put on the round counter mm-hmm. or on the break counter. And so when you're putting them on there, once you land on it, like depending on what yep. round you on, you're on, you have to read yeah, that event. It triggers an event. Yeah. yeah. Same with the breaking. Like you said, if if you've broken them, uh, broken the the hint twice, then you would read say um, number eight out of the book. Right. Of, uh, event number eight and so forth. So those are kind of how those things work. Um, so on your card, on your character card, you have a. F- five main actions that you're going to be able to use and then you have your additional actions through your your special abilities but your five main actions are to move to yep. uh rummage through your bindle which is just your little sack on the end of a stick yep um to basically fight or persuade the uh the ghost yes to, uh, give them more humanity uh investigate the tile that you're on or increase your own humanity, right. basically healing yourself. And so that investigating the tile you're on, that comes into play when you land on one of the spots with the events. When yep. those randomly get put out, that's what you're investigating Yep. so, so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like I said earlier, um, you're going to have uh, some coins that you're going to use. And these coins are what you're going to use every round or every turn, I should say, to pick what uh, actions you're going to do. And they work in a little different way sort of depending on which ones you pick so if you pick you put one of your coins onto the move action you're going to move for every coin you put there you're going to move the number that's listed on your thing for instance my empress uh character moves three mine only moves two moves two Mm -hmm. so for every coin i put there i'm going to get three movement and you can only move orthogonally in this game there's no diagonals on the board it's kind of looks like a, a checkerboard yeah sort of in each train car so you can move up down left right sort of thing um, for every coin I put there. Yes. So I could put all three there and I could move nine and that would be the end of my turn. Yes. Or I have the rummaging the bindle. Um, so for every coin I put there, I can pull an item out of the bindle. So we have the, like this common bindle bag. Yes. With a whole bunch of items in it. There's apples, rabbit's feet, salt, candles, and nails yeah. that are in this bag. 
and they all do various things. But the gist of doing that action is to uh, grab one, two, or three items out of there, pick one, and put the put the rest back. Yes. Um, then there's also yeah the fighting kind of action uh, where for uh, every coin I put there, I'm going to get a die to roll. And what you're doing is you're rolling these die, and they say rolling bones. They're rolling them bones, yeah. yeah. So these these each one represents a bone, and you roll one. And for mine, um, my character, for every die that I roll that is a four or higher, these are just uh, d sixes. Yeah. Um, I will have given one humanity to the ghost the that I'm yeah. that I'm uh, attempting to persuade. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I could put three, all three coins on there. I roll three die. And uh, hopefully get three successes. And I believe they say sometimes the only way to give them back their humanity is like a good old brawl. <laughs> yeah, you're right, a good old whooping or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's also searching. So um, same deal if I do the uh, investigating is what it's called, I think. Yeah. Uh, if I land on, say, this number eight coin here on the board and I'd look up the number eight uh, event. event and it would say roll, roll a die and for... Uh, if you get these numbers, this happens. If you roll these numbers, that happens. Yes. And, but for every, uh, coin I put on there, I get to roll a die. Yeah. So you can, uh. And, and you have to roll a success, right? So that'll yeah. be like for every success you roll same or. Thing. Same as the fighting for every yeah. four plus, I would get a success. So yeah. for the, this one, for every four plus again on my character, I'd get a success. Right. And, um. Yeah, you might. Some of the rolls det- are determined by actual numbers, and some are determined by the amount of successes you get. Right. And then there's uh, the one where you're just patching yourself up. Yes. Where you're just healing yourself, and Giving same thing for every humanity. coin I put there, I get a die, so I could have up to three. And if I roll three successes, I'd get three humanity back for everything a three and above right. that I rolled. And each character is slightly different than the others. Some are better at one thing and not as good at others. And then they have a couple starting. Um, skills that you can use as well and you can place your coins on there and they're very different i um, think the health works the same you don't wouldn't actually get like three health you just get three opportunities to gain one oh health. that's right to gain yeah. one health right yeah one humanity if i get a success you're uh, just hoping to get a success out right, of the three gain, dice that you roll because you gain a, one humanity, humanity that's yeah. right yeah so that's well, what yeah i was just gonna say um so you, those are your basic actions but your skills that you get to add onto your board as because you'll have your own character skills that are specialty ones. And then you'll have common skills that you can, that you put on and then you can swap them back and forth Mm -hmm. between um, the scenarios between players as well. Those ones are generally what, what I've found is they are, they give you more bang for your buck generally, um, but they have range. Those cards can have range on them. Usually they do anyway. They'll, yeah. yeah. So it could be like, one range it could be zero to four it could be mm-hmm. two to four it's so they have different ranges they tell you what you're targeting so some of them can target the haint some of them can target anyone some of them can just target vagrants yep. um and then it'll tell you you know sometimes it'll say okay this one you roll two bones like it tells you some of them will say you roll as many bones as you put coins on the card yep. and then and then it will tell you what your success role would be yeah and um and so and then each player has its own like individual character characteristic where mine if i only put one coin on a skill then it lowers what my expected die roll needs to be um 
And I think yours was every time you roll a uh, box car, which is a six, yeah, you get to car. roll again. Yeah. And so they they help you out a lot more. But on those skills, unless stated otherwise, you can only use them. Uh, you can't use them twice in a row. Twice in a row. Yeah. Whereas your main actions, you can. So those you'll are have interesting. Left, you'll have left your coins sitting on that action from last turn. Yeah. And then it comes back to your turn. And you're like, oh, well, I can't use that one this turn because I have coins on it. So I have to pick something else. Yeah. On your skills. On your special yeah. skills. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's a few other things. So we talked about those items that are in the bindle, the apples, the rabbit's foot, the salt, the candle, and the iron nails and what they're used for. Um, so if you draw one of these things, you can place it on your uh, player card, but you can only have a maximum of whatever your player is set to. Uh, my Empress, uh, can only have a maximum of two of these rummage tokens. And my Songsmith can have three. Right. So what do each of these do? If you, if you have an apple that you want to use and you can use these at any time on your turn, um, and they don't cost an action, they just cost as your token action. So you can right. only use one per turn, but it's not one of your other actions. Per round, because I couldn't use it on my turn and then give you one. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you can only use one per, per round. Right. So, um, the apple, you may simply just, uh, discard it and, uh, then you'll heal a wound. So your wounds come from once you've been knocked down so hard that you, your humanity is down to zero. You have to flip over one of your skill cards. So and you on can't the back use it, it anymore. Wound, a big wounded, bloody yeah. thing. And then you actually put your humanity back up to full strength. Yeah. But once you, that a skill has been he, uh, wounded, you can't use it unless you heal it. And by doing so with an apple, you can get that wound right. back over and get your skill back. Then there's also a rabbit's foot, which you may use uh, the rabbit's foot as an additional coin during your turns, which is pretty big. Yeah, that can be super Rather helpful. Rather than just having three things to choose from, you can have four. Gives you extra opportunity to get those successful dice die rolls. Yep. Then there's also salt. Uh, when targeted by a haint action, the salt it is uh, used to ignore the effects of that action. So that's really, really big considering yeah. what's going to happen. We'll explain that in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's candles. These are very interesting. So you can place candles basically in, in places on the board and that's going to draw the attention of the haint and it's going to go towards that candle because there's actually a, a list of um, uh, what do you call target it? priorities yeah. for who the haint is going to be targeting whenever yeah. they're doing their thing. And if there's a candle on the board, uh, at least that usually keeps them ahead of you they're usually yeah. looking at the candle rather than the vagrants yes unless there's things that have been specifically put on your right. vagrant or whatever but yeah so you can only lay the candle down adjacent in an open space to you yep. but even if it's a j like right beside you the haint will go towards the light instead yeah. of targeting you and then there's the iron nails that you can also pull and um that just you use them as weapons usually um to just give two haint or two humanity to uh a haint within a range of two. Yeah. That's a pretty handy thing. So how do these turns and stuff work? So we always start on every scenario with the vagrants going first, but it's only one of the two of you and you have to decide who wants to go first. And it's really up to you how you want to yeah. do this, who, what powers you have, what items you have, blah, blah, blah. So you're going to go in ahead and do basically three actions, moving, uh, searching your bindle, Maybe punching the ghost. Maybe using a skill. Maybe, maybe using a skill, so forth. You're going to do one, two, three things, usually, unless you have other things you can do. And then it's going to be the haint's turn. And this is a really interesting thing, is that the haint does different things depending on its mood. Um, so they have two moods. They can either be basically happy or sad. 
or yeah. happy or angry. Yeah. And uh, depending on what uh, they are on, they always start the game, I think, usually as uh, happy. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of happy, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> They're still kind of like murderous and, and awful, but... They're technically smiling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like those drama masks. Yeah, kind of. exactly. Like those drama masks, happy, sad, right? Yeah. Um, so the happy side, if that's up, uh, you're going to be uh, doing a whole different set of actions if as if or as opposed to if it was sad. And what you do is you uh, you pull an item from the bindle and that's going to dictate what that paint is going to do at that time. So you'll pull out one of the apples, the rabbit's feet, the salt the candle or the nail out of the bindle. And then you're going to go to the um, scenario book scenario book, and it's going to tell you, is the haint happy right now? Yep. Okay. Then it, did you pull a candle? Yep. Okay. Go here and read this. And it tells you exactly what the haint's going to do. It's going to move around and it's going to target uh, us or, or or perhaps the candles or whatever at, at certain ranges. And then it's going to usually just do something awful, like right. smack you and reduce your... Humanity. Uh, humanity or something yeah. to that effect. <laughs> and then um, once that's done and over with, uh, the haint's turn is basically over. And you're going to take that item that uh, you pulled out and you're going to put it onto the cycle track. Yes. And that cycle track is on the board and there's uh, one little spot for each one. The nails, the candles, the salt, the rabbit's feet and the apples. And each one has a number beside it. So there's two apples, two rabbit's feet, three salt four candles and five nails. Yes. So the second that you've stacked up these little tokens on top of these spots, equaling or more than the number that's beside it, then you do a cycle. And we should say too, that those get added up when you use your own too. Yeah. When, when you, you pull them, them out of the bindle and you use them, you're putting, you're adding onto the cycle track. Also. That's right. Um, so items are constantly getting added to the cycle track yeah. at random. And once these, one of these uh, gets filled then you do a cycle and you that's not that's a good thing except for the haint has a cycle action so every time a cycle is done you have to refer to the to the book to see what the haint does when you do a cycle depending on its mood yes and that can be usually not too awful or horrible depending it could be something as simple as like potentially switching its mood yep. um it could be you know like yeah it could be taking away humanity if you're in a certain range if hmm. he moves or like all sorts of things it's yep. different every there's time. tons of different things yeah and then so you would do whatever the haint does for its cycle uh action and they would take all those items that you had on the board and you put them back in the bindle so that's how you keep replenishing all the items in the bindle is by using this cycle and so it's good for you because now you have a lot better chance of getting the things that you might yes. want but then you've given some sort of bonus to the haint yeah um so once the haint has gone then it's the other vagrants turn to go and then the other and then the haint goes yep. again and then the haint goes again so for every vagrant that plays the haint gets to play um, and once you've both vagrants have gone and the haints have gone twice in our instance, then the round ends. Yes. And you go to the next round. You move the round counter up. Mm -hmm. And then and if you, you may or may not land on, say, an event. Yes. Because maybe in round two, there's event number two that's yeah. sitting there and you have to land on it and read from the book and do whatever it says. Yeah. And then you start a new round and then you decide who goes first, me or you, for what reason is up to you. And that's how it works. There is a lot more. So there's yeah. like, it changes. This is the thing about this game is like n one round is never the same as the next. Yeah. There's always some different rule or strategy or thing that you need to do 
to to accomplish victories. Sometimes you have to beat them up. Sometimes you don't even have to go near them and you have to do other objectives. Yeah. And sometimes there's uh, events on the breaks. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's events in the rounds. Sometimes there's not. Yeah. Sometimes there's events all over the place. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's items you can interact with and kick them around. Like there was this guy we played against where his head was rolling around on the ground yeah. <laughs> and we had to literally try to kick his head around through the train cars to try to get it to one end to, to trigger something, you know, yeah. there's levers you can pull. And, and so, yeah, there's no, you, you can't explain this game, um, simply. No. Because there's just, every scenario is quite a bit different. But they generally work in the same way. They work like, in the same way, they, for sure. But they give you, it, every scenario really breaks it down for what the differences are and what you need to pay attention to mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's, um, Yeah. They do. That's the thing. They work the same way, but they don't. Yes. So like um, the the items, right, from the bindle. Some scenarios will be using a bunch of them. Sometimes you won't. Sometimes the you'll have items and, and then there will be a character that steals them from you. Um, Sometimes there will be multiple cycle track triggers. Yeah. Not just yeah, one. And... Right. Sometimes there will be um, characters that have are both happy and sad at the same time and mm-hmm. you have to pull two things and do two things at the same time you know things like this so there's a whole bunch of variables that go on in this game like a lot yes and there's also this cool thing that you can do um so we'll talk about that here in a second so after you've gone through the game and you've gone back and forth us and the haints us and the haints right yeah and then you've either won or lost there's yes. a victory condition and a defeat condition on each scenario yes uh won or lost uh, then you move on and you're going to go to the next page, which is the camp phase, um, of the game. And if you've won, you're going to read, um, a, a spot from the book. They'll tell you which side. Yeah. It'll um, be a moment. The victory. Yeah. They're, they're called moments. That's right. So once you've finished your, your, your scenario, you go to the camp phase. Like victory, read moment number this. Yep, defeat, defeat, read, read moment number, number this. Number that. And then you read that and it's going to give you some some cool like uh, story yes. that's going on here, what you did or what you didn't do and what, how that might uh, change things for you. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to basically kind of reset the board and then you go into this uh, build up phase. build up phase of the camp phase where you can start spending coins. So through the game, you are going to have potentially collected additional coins that you're able to spend on things at the camp phase. Um, you're always going to have the three coins that you have. And you're yeah. not te- you're not never giving them away, but you always have three coins you can spend. Yeah. Like three coins worth of points yes. to spend, basically. But then you can have acquired more coins to spend on other things. But in the camp, you can buy new skill cards. Yeah. So new skill cards are going to be kind of opened up for you. Which uh, is every camp phase. Which is huge. You kind of want to buy those. Yeah. We found that can. we pretty much bought both every time yeah just then we can add them to either to our characters or put them aside for later and that like you're spending the coins on them so you can't spend your coins on the other a lot of the other things but we found that those are pretty useful they've been huge yeah Yeah, skill cards are huge so we've basically been buying a bunch of skill cards but then there's also other things you can do camp actions where you can uh, heal a wound by paying a coin normally you would need an apple to do that you can pay a coin to rummage so you can get a free uh Item onto your item bindle. Onto your or out of the bindle onto your we'll, character. You'll be able to start the next round with. Um, you can draw some junk. So there's a bunch of cards called junk and they're random items that may or may not help you. You can... Um, so it's drawing a different one. You can acquire, you can acquire junk. junk by paying three coins. Um, you can perform a seance. So this is a cool one. There's a little card 
uh, called the Seance card, and you, if you pay for it, you'll have it face up going into the next round. And that has also generally been has good. been a huge thing <laughs> for sure because that Seance card, you're never sure what it's going to do for you. It usually helps you mitigate something. Yeah, so it it'll be like something you kind of prepay for, right? And you're like, okay, let's do the Seance, and then you go into the next thing, and you're like, uh, and then you figure out what that Seance is going to do for you. Yeah. Um. And it's a whole wide variety of things it might do for you. Completely different from one scenario to the next. And then you can also bank coins. So any coins you didn't want to spend. If you had gotten like extra ones throughout mm-hmm. the scenario. Yeah. You, you can, can. Uh, basically say you're going to bank it. And then you go to the back of the rule book and there's a whole bunch of um, check boxes. So every time you bank a card, you put a check and put a check and put a check. And uh, as you move through putting these checking off these boxes, you're going to uh, get to say uh, read uh, read moment a hundred. Yeah. Right. And you, as soon as you acquired that, you go there, read that. And it might give you, give you something. I'm not right. sure. Um, and and it tells same you thing f- with mileposts. Yeah. It'll tell you as you're like reading this, cleaning up the scenario and reading the, you know, victory moment or the defeat moment. If you, you know, maybe you completed something that's going to let you mark off one of those, what are they called? Mileposts. Mileposts. Yeah. And so. Milestone, milepost. Again. The yeah. more of those you complete, you're going to get to mark them off and then yeah. probably read more. You can read more moments and things like that. For sure. And yeah, so then the camp phase is pretty simple. It's just paying for things, looking at your stuff, kind of switching skills in and out that you might want. Then if you uh, want to. You can switch out vagrants entirely yeah. if you like, which we have not done. We've um, we've wanted to stick with our Yeah, uh, I'm our enjoying playing with, with yeah. the, the It kind of Smith. feels fun to go through so far with just yeah. the, the same character. And then you would read this thing called the in between, yeah, which is a neat little thing. So you those get are a super card. interesting. They they basically give you a glimpse into what the next scenario is going to be without like telling you what it is. So mm-hmm. it'll be a little like a little blurb, and then there will be an A B C option on yep. them. And so some of them will just you read it, and then you each individually pick A B C and and your coins that you use. Yep. for picking your your actions there they have like your your specialty symbol on the one side and then they have abc, ABC on, on the, the other back, right? so you put it face down so the abc is hidden and then once reveal. you've both chosen you reveal the card and then reveal what you've chosen mm-hmm. and then you do whatever it says on a or b or c whatever you've chosen yeah some of them will specifically tell you you have to decide together yeah abc or what to do so some are individual some you do them together yeah, it's really cool. It's just a little extra thing, right, that makes it just that much more thematic where it'll say something, for instance, like you have, there's three doors ahead of you. Yeah. One of them kind of looks like this and has this type of sound. And this one kind of looks like that and has this sort of smell. And this one over here makes you th- feel this way. And then you have to pick which one you think you want to walk through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and or it'll be like um, the train car has gone cold and you... Uh, and then one of the options will be like, you look out the window and see ghostly faces. And the other one yeah. will say, um, you're, you're thinking about the sound you heard earlier or whatever. And then you pick what one of those is and you, yeah, you put down your A, B or your C, flip it over, show what you chose. And then you each get something completely different thematically going on for you. Yeah. Like it could be a benefit. It could be a mm-hmm. hindrance. It could be nothing. It could be, you know, like it. It's all dependent on yeah, what you pick. It's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some of them you decide together, but for the most part, you're just, you're picking your own thing. Yeah. And then once you've gone through and done that uh, in-between card, uh, you start the next scenario. 
And then you do the same thing. You set up the board and you, you find all the stuff and you, you, uh, you basically do this, a similar thing, uh, but completely different Yeah. in the next scenario. And so if you ever wanted to save the game, you do that in the camp phase just before you yep. manage the vagrants and, and manage, uh, witness the in-between and start. Because those three you're going to want to do right before you play the, the scenario. Yes. So they, they say, you know, then you can save the game here. We'll pick this up when yep. you come back. And so that's kind of how the game plays. I think that's a good way of describing it uh, without describing every single thing yeah. that this game does. So with all that being said, um, I think we can go back and revisit the theme. So does the theme lend well to Vagrant Song? 100%. <laughs> yeah. This is an extremely, extremely thematic game in my opinion. Yep. It is amazingly thematic. Like it's super cool. You feel like you're on the train. You feel like you're up against these ghosts, and you feel like you don't have anywhere to go, and you're you're the, struggling yeah. to, to figure out how to beat them and well, stay and, away from them. And just the way that it's like story driven, and so the story is always in your mind. Yep. You're always thinking like, okay, I I want to try to complete these rituals. I want to try to do this. I want to try to do that. Well, sometimes you can't and you're just going to see what the outcome will be. Mm -hmm. But you always know your your ultimate goal generally is to give the humanity back to the Haints. And mm -hmm. so that's what you're striving for every time. The um, Like it's just, I find it very thematic. I find it very thematic as well where I, I feel like each character that you come across has a different... Um, different story. Story, <laughs> yeah. A different thing about them where you're like, oh, you actually feel bad for this character yeah. that's is bumbling around there without a head and, and <laughs> like is throwing lanterns at you and lighting you on fire. Cause they don't really know what they're doing. Right. They're, they're stuck in this like yeah weird. I don't know what's that called where you're stuck in between worlds. In the in between or, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And where, yeah. And it's yeah. just, yeah, it's, it, you feel bad for some characters and you want to try and help them. And others are uh, a little bit scarier than some. And some are um, like, you can tell are like not bad and uh, yeah you just it, you're oh the theme is just always in the forefront everything mm -hmm. because every time you finish your turn you are doing the haints turn by pulling out the uh out of the bindle for them and yep. then you're having to do an action which is again thematic like it's yep. it's and it's not just the one thing about this game i think why it's like um What's that movie where Inception? It's like the uh, theme Inception because <laughs> yeah. you're you're already focused on the theme, but then every time you draw for the Haint, you go back to see okay, what are they gonna do? That's thematic to this part of the story, mm -hmm. this part of the game. Yep. And so it's, but they all are moving you towards the end game, you know. So it's, yep. I I find it very thematic. And there's so much dialogue. There's so much like that to read like there's so many events to read and there's cards to read and the and it's choose your own adventure right so it's tons of stuff to read so much writing and and um like thematic writing yeah. going on of what you're seeing and how you're seeing it and how well, like you know, how they feel and what they're what they're thinking and yeah what they're afraid of and what they're not like it's it's super cool that way super great theme yeah 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 so huge thumbs up on the theme here absolutely um, so let's talk about the artwork. 
super cool. Oh, it's so <laughs> I good. I love it. It's some of my favorite. Like, this is that old-timey Steamboat Willie, um, Betty Boop, and, or more recently, Cuphead-style yeah. uh, art artwork, yeah. which is just phenomenal. I love it. I love all the... All of it, the, the the artwork on the the box, the board, each character, the good and bad, the hints and vagrants, the the player boards, the artwork is fantastic. Well, I was gonna say like I, I didn't say it in the thematic part because I wanted to leave it for this, but the artwork too, the artwork on the board is even thematic. Yep, you're seeing you know these hints and yeah, kind of ghosts them. around the board just like. Yep. And um, some and are happy, some are, some are sad, sad, some, some are, are scared. Yeah, um, yeah, and it actually like explains that in some of the, the the writing that it does. It tells you what you're seeing when you look out the window. Yeah, and that's what you are seeing on the board outside the window are these creatures yeah. and things, right? So, yeah, the artwork is really good. yeah, super cool. And Theme awesome, artwork. They, awesome. They've got the the board has um, each train car has a different. They're all like muted tones Mm -hmm. so you've got like train car a is a muted yellowy 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 brown brown. then the boxcar b is a muted red and then boxcar c is more like a chessboard muted black black gray gray. and so it 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 shows you which boxcar is which yeah because that can become significant as to where you're standing um so there's each car is connected right and that so you can tell if you're if you're standing on this spot in the connection spot, you're technically in this yeah. car. If you're standing on that spot in the connection spot, you're in that car. Yeah. And it's it's also like the train isn't straight. Like it, yep. it curves. Curves and wobbles. And, and so it's ah, it's just, yeah. I like it. I really do like the art. Oh, it's so good. Um, that can lead yep. us into components then. Yeah. So, so straight into components. Board, Again, great. So Obviously. Good. Love it. Um, but then... You've got one in your hand. I've got one yep. in mine. <laughs> we have, um, the, they have these acrylic standees. Yep. And they're gorgeous. They're so nice. They're they, colored and. Generally, they're like browns, blacks, uh, like ivory. Color, right. With like, and generally it's this like aqua blue kind of color. That's with all the haints. With all the haints because that's like the light, like their eyes they or, or something. They describe that everywhere is that they have fire that's like blue. Yeah. And ominous, this like, yeah, like very bright blue coming from their eyes or yeah. or whatever. But then your characters. And their characters, yeah, are, are kind of brownie. Still muted, but. Mute, but then where my character is purple, yours is orange. Orange, yeah. And it has that like built into it. So you can yeah. really tell who's who and what's what. And they really just pop. Good. They pop so nicely. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Components are amazing. Yeah. The board is really nice. They have nice stands, like clear stands for all the uh, um, all the characters and then yep. kind of that greeny aqua color for all the all of yep. the haints. And then there's a ton of cards. Yeah. Uh, all of various types and sizes. Um, and they're all great. They're all really nice. They all have great iconography. Numbered. Um, everything's like, numbered. Yeah. Everything's got big words on it telling exactly what it's it's for. There's the, a whole bunch of... Uh, like the terrain is all just thick cardboard. Yeah, thick cardboard. And they're all double-sided. So yeah. one, one can be a whole bunch of broken stuff and the other side could be a coffin yeah. or whatever. The dice, sorry, the dice, you dropped them. They're, six dice, they're, bone-colored yeah. D6s. Just like, yeah, the little ivory kind of colored, yeah. off-white, um, to look like bones. Cards. Player aids, you've got, um, yeah. 
lots. The, yeah, components are great. So components are really they're... good. And the cards are like, um, they have that shiny, smooth film on them. A gloss to them. A gloss, thank you. That's yeah. what I was looking for. They're not, uh, they don't feel rough. They're very smooth and... Yep. Yeah. Then there's also, um, for keeping track of... Uh, Your humanity? Humanity. There's these little crystal hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all in they're different They're plastic, colors. but they yeah. look, they look <laughs> crystally. Like crystal, you know? Yeah. They're crystal... Shape and so you have like your own color for your characters. Like mm-hmm. I've got an orange one. The um, the Haints have a big, big uh, blue one. like the aqua color yep. that goes up. And then there's the bindle as well. The bindle is a uh, like a classic. Uh, what what you would see in like old movies where like a hobo sack yeah, almost hobo where sack it's red and white checkered checkered <laughs> sack that yeah. you could picture on the end of a stick, right? Yeah. So yeah, they nailed all of that. The yeah. theme. The artwork, the components, so good. And then there's the rule book. So the rule book, I've done the most of the learning on this game. Yes. And um, rule book is is fine. It has a lot of good. Um, it's it's missing a few things that I I, I think. Yeah. Because there's some things I just for the life of me couldn't find, and would have to go online and find it. We'd find it. But uh, yeah, there was a few things kind of missing. A few things that I would put in one place versus another. Yeah, because like, like some information on this page that I'm that I'm putting, like the setup. Your page, setup in um, your might be missing a few things. It'll tell you like a keyword, and then like, like, where what is was that this keyword? keyword? Made? And then you'd have to read further in to find out what that keyword. But means. on the next page, which shouldn't be part of setup, so yeah, you so, shouldn't. It, it should be kind of on there. So that once we discovered that that's a yeah. thing too, we're like, oh, it's probably on the next page, right? Uh, yeah. So. But yeah, so Just a few a, things like small things like that that weren't uh, that were slightly frustrating at times. But once um, you kind of figured out, oh, it was probably yeah. on the next page, then you yes. can get there. So just be aware of that and be then aware. just yeah, flip to the you, next page if you need to. Yeah. If it asks, you, if it tells you, oh, make sure to put the uh, these things the here, such and such on this, and you're like, what is that? Like, just go to the next page, and it'll probably tell you in one of the special special uh, rules. It'll tell you what that so and so thing actually is. Yeah. Um, but then the, uh, so the rule book itself, that's, that's about what I can say for that. But then the, um, the actual campaign uh, book or or scenario book. Yeah. It's very good. So everything is, um, yeah, it's really good. So rule book campaign book has a little bit, few things here and there that you might need to look up. Yeah. But the, the information is out there. You can find it. Um, so that's the, about the only negative thing I can really say about this game. Um, so that being said. And it's minor. It's not huge. Eh? And it was a minor thing. Like it was yeah, not, it's pretty minor. Yeah. yeah. It was only this. It was few until and far we, between. Until we figured it out. Until we figure out like, oh, okay. how to look for these things. Um, so, yeah. That being said, uh, we have to say whether we recommend this game. And if we do, who for? Yeah. Um, I highly recommend yeah, this game. Yeah, definitely. This is a fun, fun, fun co-op game. Yeah. Uh, that leaves you uh, a bit stressed. Um, some of these scenarios... I didn't think we were going to make it. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing, though, is that if you win or lose, you keep moving on. So you don't have to replay. No. You, don't just, you fail just continue and, and it just and gives you your yeah, consequence. You're not going to get stuck no. in a spot. You're just going to keep moving through the yes. scenario. And then it gives you yeah some sort of probably negative thing. Yeah. We've uh, actually beat them all so far. Yes. By the skin of our teeth yes. a couple times. And that's the thing. They haven't been like easy no. peasy wins. We've had to make huge, difficult decisions about, okay, should I roll to try to do this last humanity now or, or should, should I, I try to run and try to heal myself because if I fail he's going to you're going to get wounded and well, then... that's one thing we didn't uh, mention earlier is if you get 
smacked down enough, you're going to become westbound where you actually turn oh, into right. one of the ghosts. Yes. And that becomes really bad news because you like you're limited on actions. Yeah. And um very very bad situation if you and that's where you actually flip over your uh, your, your player card. card to show this westbound sign where you're very limited on what you can do and you kind of have a ghost picture of yourself but you are able to come back out of that if you heal yourself enough yeah um but that being said if you if all vagrants become westbound you lose yes so one of you can be or you know as long as one of you is alive you, yeah you can finish the scenario properly yeah um, um, sorry, I didn't min- mention nope. that earlier. That's okay. Um, but yeah, no, super highly recommend this game. Love it. We're, so this game is going straight over to our other table now, um, where we're, our other table where that's going to be used for campaign style games, and we're going to keep this over on that table till we're finished it. Yeah. Um, but yes, this game we can tell kind of where this is going, but there is um, there's a big story going on here. Oh, for and sure. We don't know how this is going to end. Yeah. Um, so we can't even spoil it for you if we no. tried. <laughs> and um, we don't want to. <laughs> no, but, but this is one that we want to see all the way through. I'm cu- very curious to see where this ends. And one thing that's very, I think, cool about this game is I can already tell that there is 100% replayability with this game. It's totally even, replayable. Even though it's a campaign because, excuse me, you can... You can play with um, separate characters yep. and have a totally different game because you have different different, different skills, different everything, different player counts. You can have um, none of the things are really ruined, even if you know the story and what's nope. happening. Because if you won a scenario the first time you played and you lost a scenario the next time you played, it's going to be a totally different experience yep. because you're going to have different than um, yeah different starting a uh, different starting setup. Um, yep. So that is definitely different. The the one thing that I have found a little bit confusing in this, or not confusing, that was the wrong word, something that's hard to keep track of that we've lost track a couple times is the round. So they have a wonderful round counter, but because you can decide which player is going first like when you like that that changes it's not always you know necessarily me that goes first i can go first in round one and then robbie can go first in round two but then sometimes you're like oh gosh did we did we forget to move the round counter are we in round one round two so you have to keep track of that make sure you don't screw that up and just because there's a lot going on that sometimes we have found that that's a bit a bit much to keep track of um but we always we'll just figure it out be like ah, i feel like we've done this a couple times and we'll yeah. move the round up and stop and read the if there's a scenario thing but other than that i am very much very much not even other than that even with that i'm very much enjoying this game oh, um yeah. it's great i would uh Definitely recommend it. I do think that uh, what's the age on here because I, it, I content know. wise, I do think that it's age is fourteen plus, and I would agree with that. I think that knowing, um, depending on yeah. your depending on your fourteen year old, right? You yeah. could have a younger kid, maybe, but just you're dealing with like spirits, dead people, mm. haints, like things like that. I think you could be quite a bit younger than that. But I think it depends on the on the child, sure, right? And and what's kind of going on because again we haven't lost um a scenario yet so there could be effects that are different uh, I and so I, I i would definitely reserve judgment on that until i think we play the whole thing um but it they do have a spooky side to it it does and they have that on there you know for a reason so 
I think um, skill wise, definitely a younger player who's plays games could play it. Yep. But um, but yeah, but I I think this game is fantastic. I am loving it. I'm loving playing it. I love the theme. Mm. I love the way that they've put the board out you found some music that we've had yeah, playing in the background awesome spooky soundtrack yeah the whole time we've been playing it just works really well it has just very old school <laughs> spooky music playing and yeah it works really well and it's just nice to have in the background it kind of keeps with the theme and yep. um yeah definitely two thumbs up on the game yeah big thumbs up from both of us here the meeple dungeon for vagrant song it's always it's always nice when um one of your either most anticipated or one that you wanted this like we both wanted to play this so much this summer has actually been worth it (laughs) It 100 percent has. this one's awesome and we'll keep it uh yeah we'll keep it on the table until we're done so we're at the yeah we're just over an hour here so we're gonna call that an episode um so you can find us on twitter at meeple dungeon youtube the meeple dungeon our email is the meeple dungeon at gmail.com um yeah i think we're gonna run and we will see you next week cheers have a great week everyone bye-bye